welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. I want to talk with you today about um, a double the blessing kind of generosity. Double the blessing generosity. Three weeks ago, we talked about obedient generosity and how the tithe is holy to the Lord and the tithe is the Lord's. And God's Word says to honor the Lord with, with the first of your increase so that your barns will be filled and your vats will be overflowing Last week, we talked about overflowing generosity from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9, how the Macedonians who in their extreme poverty and their persecution, um, they begged for the opportunity of participating in the, an offering for the, for the mother church, the saints in Jerusalem even though it was unlikely that any of them would ever see them. Uh, They were in a Gentile world, and of course, Jerusalem was the center of the Jewish world. And and Paul said, though, that it overflowed into generosity. And he went on in in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and said that when we give to the Lord to meet uh, what is there, that it overflows into many thanksgivings, to the Lord, but also for our lives as we've entered into this wonderful grace of giving. And so uh, today, the main idea that I want to leave with you, and I believe that God has put in my heart and that God wants to do an ongoing work, is that God calls us to bless others through the blessings we receive. It's a principal value of the household of faith and the kingdom of God. We live today where too many are born on third base and believing that they're the ones that hit the triple. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're all pinch runners. How many understand that? It is God who gives the ability to make wealth. We're all pinch runners. I am a baseball fan, and while I absolutely love a home run, and particularly the three RBI home run, to me, maybe the most exciting hit in all of baseball is the triple. There are many home runs, but not that many triples. Nothing brings the crowd to its feet like the triple and a close play, sliding in at third in a cloud of dust, and the umpire ruling you're either out or safe. In fact, Ty Cobb famously slid into third base in a cloud of dust, and the umpire hesitated for just a moment, and he angrily said, what am I? What am I? What am I? And the umpire said, you ain't nothing till I say what you are. And God has made us all pinch runners. 
we didn't hit this thing and get here by ourselves. But just like the pinch runner that's inserted into the game, in the game of life, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God, we are placed on third base as a pinch runner for one reason and one reason alone, and that's to score so the team can advance and win. And I'm so grateful to the Lord that you and I have the opportunity to do something with our lives rather than just simply bask in the fact that we think we've hit a triple and we can stick it on our stat sheet. We do it all for the glory of God. Can someone say amen? Praise God. And so we are blessed to bless. The double the blessing generosity. The blessing of God is anything but a good luck charm or secret sauce to success. You cannot earn it, but you have to work for it. And while it is absolutely free, it'll cost you dearly. If you want a double blessing, be prepared to double down on your work ethic and your prayer ethic. Can someone say amen? Some say, oh, look how lucky they are. Look at this. If God would only bless me, God wants us to know that he wants to bless you. In fact, the first words that he ever said to mankind that we know of in the book of Genesis, this is what is recorded. And God did what? God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And that runs through all of the covenants and the Abrahamic blessing that the Lord said to Abraham that through you all the families of the earth will be blessed and all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Praise his name. And we thank the Lord for it. And so imagine what your world would be like if you found a way to be free from the effects of hurts and pain and anger and the weaknesses that hold you back. Imagine if God had his way in our lives, reigning in life by his abundant grace and blessing others and receiving double blessings rather than being the victim. Romans 5.17 says this, that through the abundant grace of Jesus Christ, he has made it possible that you and I will reign in this life rather than life riding us hard and putting us away wet. Someone say amen. The key to radically increasing your faith, your joy, and your abundance can be found in these three words, flip the blessing. Every blessing that we receive, we not only turn it back in praise to God, but we turn it back into usefulness and blessing for God's glory. Praise God. Become a person of blessing rather than a victim of life. At the end of the message, we will take out these cards and we're asking each one to fill one out today. The first thing I want to share with you, and it'll, it's, on the, it's on the slides, but also in your program, uh, there's an insert there, or it's actually in the program, or 
your smartphone, if you have the version Bible app, just go to that. And then under events, um, hit the events, and you'll find that ours is, uh, numbers of churches come up, ours will be probably number one or number two, something like that. But as all the, all the songs today uh, and the entire outline that you can fill out, and it's, it's absolutely terrific. And uh, for those that like this rather than paper, um, okay. The first thing that I want to share with you this morning is that God loves the cheerful giver. We touched on this last week, but I want to, I want to reemphasize this. God loves the cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10, Paul wrote, Now this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything. And just notice the words abound in all, everything, and sufficiency. You may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad. He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So the one who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And you might say, oh, there you go again, preacher. You're talking about money. No, I'm talking about blessing other people. I'm talking about blessing the kingdom of God. I'm talking about our lives being a blessing. When our lives are determined to bless God, He will also have this. How many understand it? How many understand that? Yes. Yeah. It's the law of sowing and reaping, and Paul connected it connected it with being a cheerful giver that God loves. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Is it because he needs my money? Is it because that my bills are past due to him and all of a sudden I've decided I'm going to pay up? Does God need anything? Just let, let me... Let's, let's just go to base one here. Does God need anything? No. He does not need anything. So he's not happy when we give as though we're giving something to him and he can be happy about it because he's got some of our money. How many understand that? We had the opportunity, as I mentioned, we were in Arkansas and our one granddaughter that will be four and she's four, and she thinks she's 44, all right? She likes to direct things and boss things and, and put it, tell everyone how, uh, I mean, who's going to pray at the meal and all those things. And then our little daughter, Julia, that's 10 and a half months, is walking around. But what made our heart so pleased was to see how, how 
she is being parented and how she's responding to that parenting. Yeah, does she have some, some quirks? If she's a child, how many know they have some quirks? In fact, how many know at age 70 you have some quirks? And if you don't believe that, ask your spouse, and they'll tell you what quirks you have. We're human, so we have quirks. But when we watched them pray, her, and when we saw how she responded and to discipline and correction, our heart, our heart was just absolutely filled with love rather than sorrow as we surveyed the situation. And because you and I are children of the Most High God, when we enter giving and we are cheerful about it and we are happy about it and we can't wait to do and to be included in it, that touches the very heart of God because God so loved the world that he did what? That he, that he gave. We enter into the heart of God. And God knows then that his, he can begin to rain down blessings and even double blessings on our life. Cheerful giving is bountiful, it's purposeful, and it's hopeful. Giving sparingly is resentful, it is measured, and it is grudging. But Paul said this, that he said that, and God is able to make all grace abound to us. Now, I, I still, for all my years, knowing God, loving God, and a long legacy of people who have served God and have been delivered from just deep, 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 deep sin, and knowing their testimonies, and knowing the grace of God in my life, I I believe that I still not totally understand the grace of God. I can't comprehend it, let me put it that way. But Paul said that when we enter into the act of giving to God with a cheerful heart, that he makes what kind of grace abound to us? Someone describe it. Three-letter word. Some of you can say it out. He makes all grace. Now that's grace on steroids. If we can't comprehend grace, how will we ever comprehend all grace in our life for every situation? And then he went on to say he gives us sufficiency in everything so that we will have an abundance for blessing. The second thing I want to share with you today simply is called double the blessing. Luke 6, 37 to 38. This is... Jesus was talking. In fact, uh, I, I would encourage you to read verses 27 through 38. But he said, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be given to you in return. I want to ask you a question. If humanity is subject to the laws of sowing and reaping, how much more is the giver of those laws bound by his character in our lives? 
if you're nice to people and you sow being nice and decent and being a good neighbor, how many know that for the most part, other than the few stinkers that live around you, people will be decent back to you? How many know that? That's called the law of sowing and reaping. I want to ask a question this morning. What has God done in your life in the last two years since you made a Gen Now commitment? What has God done in your life? How has He enriched you? I'm just going to ask you. Yeah. I see people here this morning and in the first service, some were in a job that was maybe part-time, and out of nowhere an offer came for a full-time job in an organization, and now they're not part-time, they have a major, they're a major stakeholder in that, and I think if things continue, they're going to be running the joint. It won't be too long from now. It's major in Harford County. I've seen people that were stuck in dead-end jobs, and it might not change for the next 20 years, but they've been faithful to God through the tithe. They've been cheerful giving. They've been purposeful. They've been consistent, even the most difficult of times. And I've watched them receive an offer, in, uh, an offer of a job and, and a, a change of direction and how God has blessed their lives because of it. That's the, that's the blessing of God. I recall Lynn Hill. Some of you know Lynn Hill. They made a commitment to Jen now. And it was only, I don't know, a year and a half ago, something like that, that Lynn had suffered this rare form of a blood disease. And basically, they, they had in this neck of the woods, there's probably no... This is one of the highest concentrations of medical knowledge and skill and expertise in the world is right here in Baltimore. And I remember they called us in. And we went down to Johns Hopkins to the hospital. My wife and I was there and the, the people, children, family was around the bed. And I know, I, know, I, I read people and it looked like all hope was gone. And they said, it just that we prayed and we walked away from that hall and we thought, will Lynn ever come out of this hospital? It looked like she wouldn't. You know, she was in church this morning, praise God. God has raised her up. Now, is, is the road that she travels right now still rocky? It's rocky, but she'd trade a road that's rocky for the other leaving her family any day. How many know what I'm talking about? Yes. And one of the things that Lynn and Kevin did, this is what they did. They made a pledge to the, to, to, for the ministry here, for the Gen Now. And they sold their home. And the first thing they did, they paid off their pledge, which was absolutely significant in the five figures. And I, I just praise God to them. Because when we reap, when we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully in the Lord. And it's not only money. How many understand that? But don't be surprised if you reap. Don't be surprised if God blesses you in ways that you had not counted on. 
but God, the blessing is God's default setting in your notes. It's his first and foremost reflex. If you don't believe that, Mark Batterson says, you'll doubt the goodness of God. And if you second-guess the goodness of God, you'll forfeit his blessing. Be fruitful and multiply, he blessed them and said. Abraham, in the covenants, and now in Christ Jesus, all the promises of God find their yes and amen in him. It is not a guarantee of health and wealth and prosperity and a prescription to cure the ills of laziness and selfishness, but rather it is a way to enter into God's best for our lives, transforming us and handing it down to the generations that come behind us. Praise God. God wants to bless you beyond your ability to ask or imagine. I was, uh, I don't know, 17 or 18 years old and thought I was in love. Might have been in love. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, thought I was in love, declared I was in love. But then when you're that age, you say most anything. And, uh, but I had a girlfriend. And we went to church together. And no one in my family had ever been to college. No one. My mom and dad had been to a three-year uh, they, they were called in the ministry, went to three-year uh, Zion Bible Institute, uh, but no one had ever been to, to an accredited institution of higher learning on our side of the family and uh, in, on the Dross side that we're, we're aware of. And I got this bright idea that uh, maybe instead of going to college, uh, we we're going to get married. Did anyone ever have that bright idea? Uh, let me tell you, that's not a bright idea. If you think you're in love at that age, your, your brain is addled, okay? Uh, so, but this is what I started dreaming. Um, I'd buy a, a, a trailer. I knew I could work with my hands because I worked in the summer in construction, and I'd worked in the silk mill when I was a junior and senior, 4 to 11, 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. every day that we worked was our ethic. That's what we did. And I knew that even at $1.60 an hour, that was minimum wage, we could probably get something cheap. And, and I even envisioned it, a long dirt road up in the woods, and it's sort of down a little bit in the hollow so no one can see us. It's just going to be me and her and the kids we're going to have. You say, Pastor, that's not much of a dream. Well, like I say, when you're young, you know what I'm saying, you know. That's what I, that's what I thought that would be the life. But God had other plans. If I had fulfilled those plans, I would have fulfilled what, what part of what our legacy is as a family. You have to understand that the name Drost in Aroostook County, Maine, is not a favored name. You look back in our history, and I've read some of the history. One of my forefathers in the 1800s, late 1800s, murdered his wife with an axe and hit her under the, in the root cellar. I mean, these are mean people. How many know that's mean? When I was growing up, when I was growing up, 
in Aroostook County outside of Washburn, Maine, not too far where my mom grew up and went to uh, the Washburn Pentecostal Church, which was the mother of Pentecost in the state of Maine. And my grandfather on that side moved all of his kids from Canada so he could be where the things of God were going on. He was in management. That's the other side of my legacy. But I remember my dad telling me that out hunting, he came across the family that lived out in the woods. It was a cabin, a hovel. They lived on one side, and their pigs and chickens and stuff lived on the other side of this cabin. You think that's unbelievable, don't you? And they had no door. And this is how they would heat things. They had like a, a carpet or a rag that came down. And listen to this. This is laziness personified. They needed the blessing of God in their life. This is how they, they cut. They would cut a log and stick it in a fireplace. And as it burned down, they'd shove in a little more. How many know that's pretty low? I've had people on my dad's side of the family draw in an alcoholic stupor, have a house burned down around them and couldn't get out. I'm telling you, it's not a, it's not a good name. That's, that's the plans. In my mind, I thought that it was just going to be me and we're going to make our own little family. I believe the devil wanted to attach to me some of the legacy from my side of the family. How many hear what I'm saying? But God. And Paul said, but, so, but so, so were some of you. But God, by his great mercy, because of my mom and dad, they live under the umbrella of blessings. They went to Bible school and they went into the ministry and they gave themselves to the ministry and they worked hard and they prayed hard and they loved God and they loved people. Preach the word. One day on the back row, on the back row, God called me to the ministry, and I said yes to the Lord. And I've, he's blessed me beyond what I've ever been able to think or to ask or to think beyond what was behind me. That's the blessings of God, praise his name. That's the blessings and the favor of God. In fact, the blessing of God brings his anointing for multiplication and his anointing for favor in our lives. Praise God. We don't have to be bound to the past, but neither do we have to be bound in our present habits right now that cut off the blessings of God in our life. When we give, when we give, I call it flipping the blessing is how we receive the double blessing. The secret of the double blessing is you get it by giving it. Can someone say amen? Yeah. Hey, if you want to be a pinch runner and falsely think that because you're on third and the crowd is cheering for you and you've really done something, you can stay there for the rest of your life and say, God, I don't need you. But God has a better plan for us in his plan of flipping the blessing and the double blessing, things are turned around. You might have heard this saying, setbacks are turned into comebacks. Can someone say amen? Setbacks are turned into comebacks. When we have a setback, we do not take a step back because God is already preparing our comeback. 
Praise God. That's called flipping the blessing. Amen. The blessing of God is so powerful, it turns death into life. Pastor Ed Young says we need to get under those things. He's talking about the umbrella of God's blessing, living under that blessing and grace. He said we need to get under those things God has put over us so we can get over those things God has put under us. Um, for, for those of you that follow college football, uh, just a week and a half or so ago, maybe two weeks, the quarterback, the great quarterback from Alabama and projected to be the number one uh, draft pick for the NFL, uh, Tua. That's all I can say is Tua. But he had a terrible dislocation of his hip. And many thought that that, that, would, that might be the end of his career because they remember Bo Jackson. How many remember Bo Jackson? One of the greatest athletes. Played professional football and professional baseball. Fast, tough, a running back, and a center fielder. And they were thinking of Bo Jackson had the same injury and it ended his career. But what is found out was that Medical advancements have come so far now. When that happened to Bo Jackson, they didn't give him the medical attention that he needed or what's available now. And what happened in that hip, even though it healed, it never returned to its normal place because, because the blood supply was cut off. And structurally it healed, but he could never perform at the, at the level that he was. For Tua, there's much greater hope because they got to him immediately and the prospects are really good that he'll have a full recovery. The blessing of God turns death into life. And I believe that when we enter into the grace of giving we open the door for God's blessing, but when we are resentful and begrudging, when we are mean and hateful to people and we curse people, or when we say, no, Lord, I'm content just on third base, it shuts the blood supply of God's blessing off to you in that area of your life. You can still walk, but God is so much more for you than simply being a pinch runner on third base. The blessing of God is a decision to make, a habit to form, and a mindset to establish. I want to I go to this next and as we head towards the finish. Finish well, finish strong. That's what this is about. That's what that's about. Finish well, finish strong. Paul wrote, but now finish doing it also so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may be also the completion of it by your ability. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. He had written in so many words that Paul wrote to them that 
Our generosity is proof of our confession of the gospel of Jesus because we're a new creation. The old person before Christ was subject to the desires of humanity, but in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. And Paul wrote, this is what Paul said. He said, the offering was not according to what you do not have, but according to what you do have. It's really important, because some will say, well, I can't, I'm not rich like they are. That, is, that doesn't have anything to do with it. The widow might. She didn't have anything like the rest of those people that like to parade. Uh, and in the temple, what they had for giving was this sort of these brass or bronze, looked like a trumpet mouth, and then this long tube. So when they threw coins down, if you wanted to be noticed, and a lot of them did, they'd throw a handful of coins, and it'd rattle all around there. And he had this little widow. And remember, the widows in Bible times, they were low on the totem pole. I can just see her now. Maybe she was bent over. And maybe she was only as high as what the entrance is this thing. And she reaches up. She's got a widow's mite. And she drops it in. And you, can even, you can't even hardly hear it. The wind. And Jesus said, she's given more than all of you. Because it's not according to what we don't have. But it's according to what we do have. And the cheerful giver doesn't measure out. They're not sparse, but they say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to believe you, you for? Finishing well, finishing strong means that flipping the blessing supplies their need, but it also supplies our need. How many know that every one of us has a need has a need to give. That's God's word. We all have a need to give. We all need, have a need to be a blessing. That's how God's wired us, to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Finishing strong overflows into many thanksgiving, blessings and thanksgiving. Our legacy for the next generation, and we've talked a lot, and, and we, we will continue to talk a lot about the next generation this is part of the spiritual DNA of Grace Assembly of God. It's why one of the main reasons we were raised up to equip families and kids to disciple, to reach, and make a difference in our world, in our community, and, and overseas. But the legacy is not what we accomplish in our lifetimes. When it's, it's interesting. Uh, when when you, start, you start getting up, in your uh, sixth decade, people start thinking about what's their legacy going to be. How many know your legacy starts way before your 60s? How many know that? Yes. But, it, but you can build a, a, a legacy right now. But what building is going to have my name or whatever? But our legacy, according to the Psalms, is for the next generation it's not what we accomplish in our lifetime, but rather it is measured by our coaching tree, our influence on others, who we mentor, 
how we've helped to the Lord. It's measured by the fruit we grow not only on our lives, but that we, that we grow on other people's trees. It's measured by the investments we make in others' lives that are still earning compound interest 20 years later. It's measured by every blessing we bestow. Last Sunday night, I, I was here and um, um, I just, I was just, I was here. There's something that, um, that just needed to be hung in the church. Wasn't much, wasn't that big of a deal. And I, so I said to the staff, uh, Amber in particular, I said, I'll, I'll hang that, don't worry about it. If you can get it painted, I'll hang it. So I did, it's, 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 out, it's out there uh, in, in the new lobby. So I did. I had no idea there was Friendsgiving going on that night. So, hey, if you're going to have timing, do something when they're bringing in food. Help me know what I'm talking about. And I told them I was quality control. I'm the pastor, so no one can go by here. i got to taste everything. And, no, they were, people were offering me brownies and uh, you name it. And, and, uh, and it really it looked good. I mean, they, they had a lot of stuff. And anyway, but my heart was so puffed out in a good way, because there's 20-some young adults that were here, and their fruit that's growing is part of your legacy. They didn't need someone 40, 50, 60, or 70 years old to be there directing them what to do. The DNA, the spiritual DNA of Grace Assembly of God is alive, and it's vibrant, and it's being carried on by itself. Can someone say, praise God? Yes. Listen. They're not out there on the streets. They're not out doing things that just is, is taking them far away from God. But they're there. They're excited. They're loving the Lord. And they're having a great time of friendsgiving around food and fellowship. It's overflowing and bearing fruit. I got a, this morning, I got a 5 a.m. text from John Maziot. How many know John? Yeah, he and his wife, uh, Amaris, are full-time students at North Point Bible College, and John's going in the ministry, and he called, he wanted to see me about a month ago, and he came in, and I tell you what that does when there's one of the young adults want to see me and just talk about things, and we sat down, and he said, Pastor Paul, we believe that God is calling us back to the Potomac Ministry Network. We have opportunities in New England, but we believe this is where we want us, and we're going to take a step of faith, and I prayed for him. I prayed for him. And he texted me this past, I guess it was this past week, and he said, praise God. Guess what, Pastor Paul? He said, I've received, I'm going to do an interview with Stephen City. It's, it's a really good Assemblies of God church in Virginia. Can someone say praise God? Amen. That's fruit that's growing. Part of it's growing He's come up through the ministries, and Pastor Bobby has mentored him, and the youth leadership has mentored him, and that's their tree. But guess what? That's, that's, also, that's also part of the orchard that God has allowed me to look over, and I am absolutely thrilled that that's the legacy and thrilled that he felt comfortable enough to text me at 5 o'clock in the morning. but I didn't answer it till 20 after 5. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't let him know that I was awake reading my, on my cell phone at 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, and when the notification went off, I had to see what it was about. But that's fruit. 
And there's so many that are here that are fruit, that are the result of the legacy of Grace Assembly of God. And this morning, in just a few moments, we're going to have a decision to make to flip our blessings for God's blessings for now and the future. A friend of mine, not too long ago, he, he said something to me, and he said, hey, you know, praying for you, great, great Sunday, this, that, and the other, and, and we were talking, and, and I just said to him, uh, uh, bragging, I guess bragging on grace, or thankfully giving thanks, let me put it that way, and, and I mentioned to him, I said, you know, two years ago, uh, we pledged $1.1 million for an addition. Um, that's not the easiest money. That's not the easiest thing to raise money for. But then last year we added another 100000 and so far three-quarters of a million dollars have come in in two years. We praise God for it. Praise the Lord, yes. But I said in, in the future, we're believing God that God will move powerfully and that more will come in. And he just said, wow, couldn't get over it. And I say thank you to you and to God for responding. We're going to see a video right now, finish up on the one with Steve Weifenbach. Forward, um, and he covered all the expenses right then and there. So when it comes to the kids, I, I'm fortunate enough to get to help out Pastor Rob once a month, and I've noticed just this exponentially increased amount of excitement for both the kids that have always been coming and when they bring their friends. Uh, when new kids come in, they look at it, and there is a gigantic wow factor. Uh, from a remix standpoint, same thing. I don't know what the numbers are, but I would venture to say we've grown a good 10 to 20% with the new room. Every single student that I've talked to is excited that they have their own place. Um, the leaders are excited that we have our own place. It's much easier to draw more youth in, and it's much easier once we draw them in the first time to have them come back the second and third time. As far as the investment in general, I've got three girls in youth, and I have seen such a dramatic change in their spiritual growth, their spiritual life, how much they enjoy talking about uh, Remix and Kids Blast to the other kids. They have, Caroline has several girls that have come out to Remix um, from her old school uh, because of her, because of the positive attitude she has and the positive input she's given to them. Um, Sammy has a girlfriend of hers that's come out on Wednesday nights now. Um, and Lily is just, Lily is a six-year-old going in the remix in her mind, and she cannot wait to get to that level so that she can enjoy it as much as her big sister does. Um, the amount of growth that I've seen in the kids in remix in general, just we are beyond blessed to have that room, and I totally appreciate everything that everyone in the church has done to make that possible. I want to pray for you. I want you to bow your heads, and then in a moment we're going to take the card. And Heavenly Father, 
Lord, uh, we declare our love for you once again. We're so grateful to be the recipient of your abounding grace and your sufficiency in everything. We love you for it, Lord. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you have offered us the gift of salvation so that we could come into your family and we could be governed by a God who loves us and whose intention is to bless our lives. I pray this morning, Lord, we have prayed that by the Holy Spirit, your word would be made real. Lord, that we would be encouraged, inspired, that our hearts would be open to what you're speaking to us. And Lord, that we would also be challenged as we've seen, as we've heard and seen into your word of how important it is for us to be a person who gives so that the life supply of God can flow to every area of our lives. And so, Lord, as a church, we come to this moment. It's a sacred moment. Our desire is, and I believe your desire is, that it would be a triumphant moment. And I ask that, Lord, that uh, you will speak to our hearts, and, Lord, that you'll be honored by our responses. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Praise God. I'd like everyone to take a card and um, every, everyone that's here. So what we're asking to do, I reaffirm my original commitment to be generous towards completing this project. So whatever your original commitment was, if you just write that down. And, um, and by the way, um, Chris and I have paid off our commitment today. Can someone say praise God? Yeah. Two years. We didn't know. And I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you the amount because I, um, just so that, that you know and also know that there's others that have given more. Um, but it's according to what we have and the faith that God puts in our hearts. So originally we thought we'd give 30000 over a three-year period. That's what we thought we should do. And, uh, and then um, my wife came to me, and I still remember it. We were out on the by the picnic table. Remember that? Out, out in the back there. And she said, are you sure that's enough? Now, I, I didn't almost fall over because normally I'm the one who's leading in this. And I said, what do you have in mind? And she said, well, how about 40000 I said, that's good. Let's do it. Let's do it. And so we did. We made a commitment for 40000 Not Not really knowing how that was going to be played, but, but God has blessed us. We've so today, we've paid that off. We praise God for that. We praise God for every blessing. We turn it into a praise. And so you write down what was there. Then the second thing, perhaps you want to increase the commitment that you've already made to. And so the Lord started tugging at my heart. You know, there's a whole other year left. Uh, he didn't say, I want you to do so-and-so, but I just felt this tug and and. My wife came to me, Chris came to me, and she said, what would you like to do? Would you like to do another 5,000? I said, that sounds good to me. So we've put down another 5,000. That's what we're putting on that. That's what we're putting uh, there. And then uh, and we're looking forward to it. And then the third thing is um, I'm joining and I'm making a first-time commitment of. You're new to the church or you've not had the opportunity um, or this is the first time that you 
you feel that you just believe God's speaking to you, that you put down what that commitment would be. And then on the back, you can see uh, there's sort of a chart for a year, what that'll mean. And so we're going to take a moment, and then you put your name there, and then, uh, then we're going to collect the, the cards. We're going to have the usher team. They'll come and collect the cards. I'll call you after, after a moment or two. I'll have you guys come up, and uh, we're going to connect these cards. And, and we're, we're just going to rejoice in what the Lord is going to do. Praise His name. Amen. God is so good. So uh, would you just... Uh, Just take a few moments. We'll have some background music. We'll fill these out. Thank you so much.